Hello and welcome back to the Project 99 podcast. It is May 21st, 2021. May. I know. It's crazy. We've actually been only doing an episode every other week because we live in West Virginia and it's only nice for like three months here. <laughs> so also a lot of shit happened. Like I just graduated school. So one weekend we had a party and stuff. Like we just, Yeah, May is the month of milestones. Yeah, we've had a so lot of stuff going on. you graduated college. I did. I survived. And your supporters who know of your... Um, recent accomplishments you're how many days now sober oh i don't know like 120 or something i feel like i'm I'm not like the rest of the people i've met who who are like they celebrate that they're sober because i'm just like i don't know i feel like sobriety for me is just like yeah just you know life it's just it's needed right now Mm -hmm. you know what i mean but i'm not like oh today i'm this many days sober you know what i mean like i don't know i just I'm still around people that drink and like, they're like, oh, is this okay to drink? I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, it's not a problem. Like, Well, like all moms are different and, you know. Oh, I mean, it's definitely been rough. I feel like once you get into the habit of any bad cycle, I mean, just like eating bad, Mm -hmm. you know, like you eat fast food all the time and then you crave it all the time or you drink coffee all the time and you just want it all the time and smoking cigarettes, like all of it. It's just, Mm -hmm. I just got in a super bad habit of like drinking all the time. So it's definitely difficult, but I'm like, I'm like a hundred or so days into it. I'm like, meh, okay. Like, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? I'm fine with it. Well, like, all moms are different, and, like, in case you guys haven't listened to the show before, like, I'm Mick, and I'm Juke's mom. So, like, some moms are, like, nag. Some moms, like, fall apart emotionally. Some moms are just, like, every mom has a different approach when her child is dealing with an issue. And I'm kind of, like, I am here. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you did. Everyone tells me that I'm uh, super rebellious when I'm told what to do. Yes. And I don't think that's true. I don't see that in myself at all. But everyone around me was, like, yeah, we basically uh, – we're just waiting around for you to hit rock bottom because <laughs> we weren't going to tell you to stop. So that's just what happened. Well, I think it's a natural <laughs> human reaction that when you are attacked or you perceive that you're being attacked um, or pressured, that you retreat and become more defensive. And that's tr- true of anything, whether it's politics or whatever. You just I just become- think that one of my biggest personality flaws that I've had to recognize is that I call it a symptom of being in your 20s is that you think you're right about everything. Mm-hmm. And there's like so much stuff that people could bring facts to me and I can clearly see 100% like I'm wrong about it and I'll admit that. But I think I know myself better than anybody else. Yeah. And that I, this is a symptom of being in your 20s. So when other people are like, hey man, you, you look like you have a drinking problem. I'm like, the <laughs> fuck do you know? Like, I don't have a problem. It's going from the bottle into my mouth. It's not a problem at all. Like, Well, right. But, I mean, you know. and, and then, you know, when you're a functioning alcoholic. Which um, I was. I was pretty right. functioning. I mean, it's it's hard for people to convince you that it's a problem. Because like, yeah, I mean, so you're a disaster on the weekends, but hey, you're, you're dragging into work Monday morning. So you're like, I'm, I'm still okay. Right. Right. No, I'm paying my bills. No, no, so not. no, yeah, I feel great. I actually started going to yoga too, which is weird for me because I don't exercise at all. There's like all these people in my class, different, different, you know, age ranges of people. And I like watch these older ladies who have got to be like in their sixties mm-hmm. that are more flexible and more in shape than I am. Mm-hmm. It's pathetic. I'm like trying to do a, a plank and like my core is just burning right. and I'm my whole body shaking. <laughs> like I feel like my yoga teacher's looking at me like, really? You're 25. <laughs> like get your shit together. <laughs> right. Well, and here's the thing too, like our media, just like everything else, the media lies to you. So like all the images that you see on TV of older people are like running on the beach and fucking, you know, old guys like worried about Viagra because they're still having sex at like 90, I guess. I mean, it's a lie. Let me just break it to you. It's a fucking conspiracy that old people live the same as like you're 20. You just have gray hair. That's fucking bullshit. Listen, I'm 50 right now. And, you know, you can testify to this. Like I've done hardcore exercise. I was doing like a couple months ago. I was doing my like second round of um, insanity. Like, but you hurt <laughs> so much more and it takes longer to recover. And every little thing that happens to you, like it takes, it's just like, you are going to feel your age, dude, when you get older. So, okay, abuse the shit out of your body when you're young because guess you're going to pay for that shit when you get older. Oh, yeah. You yeah. smoke and drink and shit all you want. And, like, listen, I've never smoked a cigarette in my life. I don't drink. So when I start saying I'm 50 and I can still do this stuff, but it hurts me more, if you've abused your body up until you're 50, f- forget about it. Oh, dude, I can't explain. That's what I try to tell people is, that, you know, if anything um, – I just feel so much better. I've been right. like eating less garbage because I have right. more energy. So like mm-hmm. cooking doesn't seem like such a big chore. I come right. up from work now and I'm like, yesterday I came up from work, worked all day long, went to yoga, then came home, walked my dogs, then cooked dinner and mm-hmm. then like still had time to do stuff. And I was like, holy shit, is this what life is like when you don't like mm-hmm. just immediately come mm-hmm. home and start pouring drinks? Like right. so much and if, energy. And like, if you deal with anxiety, here's another thing too. If you have anxiety and your therapist will tell you this, 
that all that people told me for years because i have a panic disorder that you need to start like eating right you need to quit drinking alcohol like you gotta you gotta quit smoking you gotta quit drinking caffeine you gotta start exercising and i was just like yeah one in in one ear and out the other like fuck you i'm Mm -hmm. gonna do what i want live fast die young you know Mm -hmm. i did the whole thing but um even just like going to yoga once a week i'm like holy shit i can't believe it is helping right and i'm like off medication off everything and i I feel like i'm managing pretty well yeah it's a catch-22 because if you're not taking care of yourself then you're tired all the time right but you're like this mid-grade tired like you can barely struggle through your day and you can barely get your shit done so you're like exercise fuck that right yeah i'm barely coping but then if you start taking care of yourself and you get decent sleep and you eat better then you have the energy to do that shit so it's kind of like they're fighting against each other oh you gotta start somewhere it's a it's a cycle that feeds itself for sure i never thought that um that i would be able to do any of it at all but it was like first i quit drinking you know and um i just quit smoking too it's only been like three weeks since i quit smoking and like just stopped eating so much junk and starting doing like basic exercise and i'm like now it feels like uh this it's not even hard Mm -hmm. to do it Mm -hmm. but man at the beginning it is getting started is is shitty but once you get there it's definitely worth it Mm -hmm. but i'm like trying to be uh i don't know i I try not to set up too many expectations for myself because i'm like i picked a good time to do it the weather's getting better here Mm -hmm. you know serotonin levels are high yeah yeah (laughs) winters are hard in west virginia so i definitely um i I see people go through that a lot where they start to seem like they're getting everything together and then winter hits and it, it just hits hard here man everything dies the sky is gray it's freezing Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people in our area, because it's like oil and gas industry, lose their jobs at that time mm-hmm. of year. I mean, it's just everything all at once. So I'm like trying to be optimistic, but we'll see where it goes. I don't know. But for now, I always say that too about the early episodes of the show. My brother was the first one to point it out to me. And now I can't even listen to the first episodes of the show because we would come in here at the studio and I every day I come home from work, I pour a drink, pour, pour a glass of whiskey or whatever. And we come up here and record and he's like, oh, maybe when I got sober, he was like, oh, maybe now I can listen to your show because I can't stand listening to you, like, slurring your words and shit. So I went back and watched the election episode where I was just, like, drinking right out of a bottle. And I'm like, oh, that's, first of all, that's classy. Um, <laughs> secondly, um, yeah, I'm, like, awful. It's just awful. I mean, the stuff that I'm saying is, it makes sense, but it's just the hyperactivity and the you know slur my words and mm-hmm. it's so annoying so i'm like man i just want to go back and delete the whole first season of this but i won't because maybe uh maybe the embarrassment of listening to it will stop <laughs> me from doing it again but yeah wow it's just been crazy it's been a long year already and it's may yeah for sure mm-hmm. for sure but at least we don't have trump in office it can't be it can't i always tell myself that is as, as bad as it seems it can't be as bad as 2016. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, in preparation for our show, like I, ma- I researched the topic we're going to talk about, but then like I made some notes for myself and I text this to myself. Federal gro- government agrees not to spy on journalists. Cops are murdering people and covering it up. And West Virginia has no minimum on legal marriage, minimum age on legal marriage. And I was like, wow, that's fucking, that's, that's the whole episode yeah. of the topics right there. Yeah. So, so, okay, first off, West Virginia has no minimum age for legal marriage. Okay, so you know how you open your browser and there's like all these news stories that pop up, suggested news stories. So this one says, is child marriage legal in Ohio? So I open this up and it talks about all the different states and what their minimum age limit is. And it says that, um, uh, okay, it says uh, legal age in 17 states. <laughs> this is funny. And then I'll read you the actual law in West Virginia because it's, it's ridiculous. I remember when I was in like high school that uh, it was before gay marriage was legalized um, in the United States. Like it was just state by state they were legalizing. It wasn't federal. And um, my cousin Drew and I always made the joke when they legalized gay marriage that now we could get married. Because previously we could have gotten married being half cousins. But we couldn't oh, get Lord. married because we were both female. Oh, my God. So in West Virginia, you could marry your half-cousin without a problem. As long as we weren't lesbians. As long as we weren't lesbians. Yeah. So it was just funny that... Okay, so legal age is 17 in 10 states, while 21 others set the standard at 16. Maryland, Hawaii, and Kansas, it's 15. North Carolina and Alaska allow them at 14. Oh, my God. And then I was like, oh, what? So you can't drink- West Virginia wasn't in there. But now, wait, it says several states, such as West Virginia in Washington don't have a legal minimum age specified and I was like what the can that even be true so then I looked up the West Virginia legislature page 
and I'm going to read this to you because it's so ridiculous. Um, okay. It says, sorry, my phone's being slow. This is under Chapter 48 of the West Virginia State Code, uh, Capacity to Marry. The age of consent for marriage, this is Section A says, the age of consent for marriage for both male and female is 18. So I was like, oh, the article is wrong. Read on. A person under the age of 18 lacks the capacity to contract a marriage without the consent required by the section. But B says the clerk of the county commission may issue a marriage license to an applicant who is under the age of 18, but 16 years of age or older if the clerk obtains a valid written consent from the applicant's parents or legal guardian. Okay, that's section B. Section C says upon order of a circuit judge, the clerk of the county commission may issue a marriage license to an applicant who is under the age of 16. If the clerk obtains a valid consent, written consent from the applicant's parents or legal guardian, a circuit judge of the county in which the application for marriage license is filed may order the clerk of the county commission to issue a license to an applicant if the court's discretion, the issuance of such a license is in the best interest of the applicant and if consent is given by the parents or guardian. So basically they're like, no, you got to be 18 because you can't really do it unless you're 18. But if the judge says your parents say it's okay, then you can be 16. And you can be under 16 if the judge says and your parents say. So it's like, what the fuck? This law is literally the most ridiculous thing in the books. Section A and B and C all contradict each other because they don't want to admit you're saying that children can fucking get married. If the, What if your legal guardian is somebody who's not related to you and they're pressuring you? Right, yeah. I mean, that's a good point. That is fucking, that is ridiculous. So anyway, yeah, that's disturbing. And unfortunately, that covers our state news. <laughs> yeah, I was actually, we'll probably do a separate episode on it later, although I say that. I should probably write these things down because there's all these topics I'm missing, but... West Virginia is behind in so many things. And one of the shocking ones um, that stood out to me was that they, there's a whole website where you can track the amount of untested rape kits or by state. Wow. Uh, West Virginia has about 2,600 of them, wow. to which I'll have to bring it up when we do the episode on it. But we received a grant to have those all tested in 2015. And here we are six years later and they're still not tested. Um, but most other states that I looked at like Pennsylvania has, once you obtain the test, you get some kind of tracking. You can track it, where it's sent, mm-hmm. what's the results, like uh, just all of it. You can track it all. And I'm just like, what a what a good thing to offer people who have been through a traumatic event to be like, look, here's the results. Like we're sending them in. You can track where they are. Like it gives them some kind of control over the situation. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now, West Virginia doesn't have any of that at all. So... Yeah, I thought that was pretty fucking backwards, but mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm going to dig into that more. We'll have to do a separate episode on it because I remember reading that they, they got specific funding to have this stuff all tested and all the departments were required to send them in. So none of the none of the departments, I know Wheeling specifically was one of the ones in the article that said, we don't have them. We have to send them to the state and we have. We're not sitting on them from police evidence lockers. They are all sent. We did our part. We sent them in. Mm-hmm. But the state is sitting on them. Why aren't they being tested? Especially if we got a grant for it. Well, so, that's a great question for the state attorney general. Right. But like I said, I want to get all the details of it before. Mm-hmm. Because the website that tracks it is, you know, um, like a charity organization trying mm-hmm. to raise awareness about it. And I'm like, well, maybe they just haven't updated their numbers. You know right. what I mean? It could it's be possible. as simple as that. So it's possible. I definitely want to do more digging before I, you know, lash out at anyone. <laughs> but <laughs> Oh, why do that? <laughs> that's so, you know, that's so against left. the trend. So, yeah, leftist. so against the trend. So as I was leaving the house, so that's our West Virginia news. And then, okay, for national news, as I was leaving the house, you know, CNN, so pathetic. Once they lost Trump, it's like they fell apart because Trump gave them so much news because every five minutes he was doing some erratic, insane shit that they couldn't even keep up with it. Right, yeah. So now they're in the Trump vacuum. And to continue the analogy, their fucking news sucks. But anyway... Um, so they were marveling at the fact, like literally like dumbstruck, excited because on the way out of a press conference with the South Korean president, Biden had with the South Korean president today, they asked him about this explosive news that the Trump administration secretly obtained the personal text emails, like basically stole without any kind of warrant or whatever, the information of a journalist. And it's unknown why the Justice Department did this. But basically, 
we're not surprised that the wannabe fascist president was spying on the press, right? He was always attacking the press. Now we find out that at least in one case, he obtained information. Trump's camp. Trump's. And to camp me, did. if you haven't followed the Is Fourth Amendment, if, huh? Trump's camp did that. Trump's camp did that. Okay, I thought you were okay. talking about. No, okay. no. So CNN is like screaming with excitement that Biden says he's not going to obtain journalists' personal text and emails. You know, um, he's he's not going to basically break the law. And I'm like, are we supposed to do a little golf clap? I'm for like, that? what the? F- are we? Is this the level that our su- country has sunk to? That we're exuberant and happy that Biden is just not going to violate the fucking Fourth Amendment? Hmm. I mean, Jesus Christ, what is wrong with people? Oh, I don't know. That just blew my my head was exploding to hear people happy that the president isn't terrorizing journalists. I'm like, we're done. I mean. So anyways, so so much for climbing out of the hole that Trump was in, because apparently we're not there yet. If we're happy. Right. But the they're talking about all of this in the news because they found out that Trump had emails and phone numbers and stuff of a CNN journalist. Right. That's so, what I'm saying. So the, just they but, found but out what that is Trump happening did it. about it. There, did you notice that the CNN isn't talking about anything about the Justice Department trying to prosecute anyone who illegally obtained this? No, 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 right. no, 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 no. We're not talking about investigating, prosecuting, prosecuting people. Biden's just saying he's not going to do it. Yeah. Fucking weak ass. This is the same thing that the Democrats always do. That's why I have very little uh, hope for this investigation on the January 6th insurrection. Oh, come on. Nothing's going to happen. No, nothing's going to happen with it. All my uh, people on the left, all my friends are like, oh, no, they're going to they're going to investigate it. I'm like, when are you guys going to learn that Democrats, they want shit to throw a fit about. Mm -hmm. They don't want to prosecute anyone because then we start prosecuting people. The other side might start prosecuting people. And we get criminals on both sides. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like both sides have this unspoken agreement. To some extent. Yeah, I agree with to you To just on that. bitch about it in the media and blow it up and use it against each other. But like, don't take anybody to court. Don't hold right. anybody actually responsible. Right. We now can you slander might, each other. But you might get some low level, you know, tree frog like fucking who's Matt Getz's friend that I don't even know his name. The guy in Florida, a fucking tax collector who liked to wave his badge around and act like he was a cop to get young girls, some of them underage, whatever. So they got that guy. Don't get that guy. Yeah. I don't even have hopes that they're actually going to do anything with Giuliani either. Everybody's blowing that up too. Like, oh, look, they're going to, they raided Giuliani's. I'm like, yeah, I don't think anything's going to happen to him. Yeah. I just don't see it. And here's the thing. So in in following with the rest of the stories we're going to talk about, you know, I will give Trump credit, which I rarely do, but I will give him credit for this. Trump had a vision, a very terrifying, horrible vision of America he wanted to create. He wasted no time. He spared no one in shoving, ramming through his dream of a fascist government. And so Biden gets power by the skin of his teeth. The Democrats get power by the skin of their teeth. And they're pussyfooting around. Well, As they always do. Well, bipartisanship. Fuck that shit. Listen, Trump had his vision. And the, and the reason he got so many people to come back and vote for his ass was because those crazy people wanted his vision of a fascist America. We say we want our vision of a, of a good America, but we do literally nothing to make it happen. Right. Nothing. Well, one of the biggest things I think about our system that's aggravating to me, and I was just talking about this to somebody today, is that, you know, Republicans that could have been elected, that I probably could have just swallowed it and dealt with it, are like Mitt Romney, John McCain, probably could have dealt with them. But the Republicans have this excellent ability to pick like the most foul people mm-hmm. and somehow get them in the office. You know, right. like everyone knows that George W. Bush, his the son. Mm hmm. Dude was not qualified to be president. No. What a fucking nightmare. He yeah. just got put in there because his dad was president. Mm-hmm. We all see it. Like, mm-hmm. all the shit that went on. And he was part of the cult. It he was, was the it skull was and bones. He was the inner circle. Super ultra rich elite people. Right. I mean, you know. I mean, just the worst. The worst of the worst. And then we got Trump. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, why can't, on our side, we get some actual far left like an FDR? people? Like, like, you know what I mean? Something. But, I don't know. I, people are... People that I know are still hopeful that more and more progressives will get elected. Maybe I'm a pessimist. I don't see it. But especially since we have all these little offshoots, you know, we have like Bernie people and there's people that like AOC and there's Warren people and there's Yang people and they're mm-hmm. just so split on so mm-hmm. many things. There's so many people. I don't know if you heard about Yang making the comment about being pro-Israel. Right, yeah. I mean, if, as far as I'm concerned, if you're a progressive making a pro-Israel comment, you're done. Mm-hmm. You're done. 
and but they're not they're still backing and i'm like you guys are the same problem is that now you're, you're just backing a name it uh-huh. has nothing to do with your ideals uh-huh. so I, I just have very little hope yeah i mean so the ideal way that our government was supposed to be set up was the house representatives it's called the people's house because your congressional representative you know represents a very a smaller more concentrated area which is why you get people like aoc who are on the far left and then you get people like uh you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene on the far right, because all they have to do is get, secure the votes in that tiny little area, right? So you got 435 people, you're going to get some far left and far right, but but most places in America, people aren't far one way or the other, so you got to still kind of be middle of the road. And, um, you know, what Trump did was he popularized the idea of being extreme right. So all of his people now uh, that are running for office that want the money, that want the dollar, the low dollar voters. He, he kind of did for the Republican Party what Bernie did for the Democratic Party. He got the peep, average everyday people to donate, so you could be less controlled by corporations. Because if corporate, if he was depending on corporations, Trump would be Trump. Trump would be sunk because nobody wants to sign their product onto that shit. Right. Exactly. So they had to, they had to have somebody to successfully transition them to small dollar people, like small dollar donors, like Bernie did. For the Democratic Party, so now the AOCs and whatnot can say, "We don't need your money. We're gonna set, we're gonna serve the people, and we're gonna have money f- to run for office from the people." So, but but that leads to more out there candidates because they can say what they want without fearing corporate control. The bad part of it is some people actually think that people on the extremes represents middle America, and it doesn't. Yes, Alexandria Castro Cortez represents her district, and she reaches a lot of voices who may be like the one or two people who are out there you know, in an ocean of Trump people like us who are like, oh, we're so glad to see people like her, but they're not going to get elected in your area. Right. You know, so, I mean, everybody can't have the superstar on their team, right? But anyway, so... Um, well, on that too, while we were on this, you call, you did call it, and I think you did say it on a previous episode, um, that about the the two the couple yeah the couple that pulled the guns yeah on the black lives matter protesters in the gated community Mm -hmm. um the man is now running for For senate for senate yeah so 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 you called that right and and now it's the crazy hairdresser lady who caught nancy pelosi they tried to get her to run for office so the republican party realizes that they don't need statesmen they don't need good people who are good legislators they need pop stars right exactly flash in the pan skillless idiots who go on fox news and parade themselves around and as hard right and they'll get elected now what's going to have to happen is in a couple years when those people realize that they haven't done jack shit for them then maybe they'll be like yeah well we voted for that person when it was it seemed like a good idea but now like nothing's improved in our lives so that's where the Democrats have to get on the ball and make people's lives better. You know what I mean? They've got to prove themselves quickly or I don't know what's going to happen. Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't think the already I can see if, if nothing happens with this January 6th um, investigation, I don't think the Democrats are going to win any seats. I don't think I think they're going to lose the seats that they have. I don't think mm-hmm. we're going to do well in the presidential elections mm-hmm. because a lot of people were really just voting for Biden because they were really scared of a second right. term for Trump. Right. Right. Um, and he really hasn't done anything. He hasn't, you know. Well, I mean, I wouldn't say he hasn't really done anything. I think. I just mean in, in regards to the craziness that Trump brought on, mm-hmm. trying to bring some type of law and order to that situation. He's mm-hmm. not really doing a lot. Right. People want to see action. Right. Exactly. And what's ha- what happened was they had those hearings about the January 6th. Right. And there was some pretty explosive things revealed in those. We covered those on the show. The fact that Mike Flynn's brother is in the military, was a lieutenant general who was on the phone call. And they say, well, he didn't make the decision. No, but he was in on the phone call where they decided to delay these troops going in to stop that invasion, that insurrection. That's a huge problem for me. The right. fact that this QAnon nutbag's brother was in charge of the decision, and we all know it was delayed. We all know that. No, and nobody. So, and then you had, uh, remember, uh, Sund, who was Sund and then Irving, testified um son testified when he called for help you know uh, i can't remember the times now but that irving took like three hours to get back to him or something and he was like no i don't think you called i don't think i got a call then or whatever well they pulled out the phone records and irving was lying of course he said to his recollection he didn't get a call 
Well, now we know your recollection was fried. Well, that's what I mean. The nothing's more, happening to these people. The they more committed treason and nothing's happening to them. The more information that comes out that just proves that there's there's no way out of this. You you did this and it was yeah. wrong. Mm-hmm. And then nothing happens to them. You're, mm-hmm. you're going to lose votes. Exactly. People, I mean, you know, people on the left, just because we tend to be more empathetic and we tend to be more, uh, you know, collectivist. We're not about, you know, hanging people, but... We also believe in justice and we don't, we're tired of getting run over. And when somebody literally storms your capital of your country, how do you not want somebody held accountable for that? And nobody's, yeah, the, the, the dimwits who followed Trump who went in there and did it. Yeah. They're, they're being prosecuted for lame shit, like trespassing, but like the organizers, the people that funded it, that were behind it, nothing is happening to any of those people. And that's, that's what's disturbing. Well, and the other thing too, is that. It's surprising to me, and I won't get too big onto the topic because it's a big topic to talk about. Um, You know, in our family, we always were aware of and discussed the Israel-Palestine conflict. Mm -hmm. Or what I should say is, you know, the invasion of Palestine by Israel. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's always kind of, I've always known that was going on, you Mm -hmm. know. and But it seems like it's in the media a lot right now because it's progressively getting Mm -hmm. worse and worse. And there's a lot of people in my generation who are posting about it and talking about it and are horrified by it who were not previously aware that this was going on. Mm-hmm. Because we're all in our early 20s. You know what I mean? A lot of people just, we, they don't teach you about this in school, obviously. It's such a hot button topic. They don't, they don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. So I feel like you have this whole new generation of people that are being exposed to this. And yet Biden is still giving Israel money, signing off on that. Fine mm-hmm. with that. No mm-hmm. problem. That shit's going to cost him votes. I mean, right. you're not going to put... You're not going to have people on Twitter getting unfiltered videos of children's, you know, in the street dying mm-hmm. and families crying and running out of their homes, knowing the U.S. gave money for that. You're not going to get those people's votes. You're not. Mm-hmm. You're done. They're not going to vote for you. So I'm getting real nervous as more and more stuff comes out that, you know, it, we're doomed for the next election because you're not going to win those people over with, oh, well, the lesser of two evils. It's just the new right. generations are not about that shit. Well, I think the establishment. Um, you know, establishment Democrats have always been pro-Israel. And, you know, they, that's the one thing the two parties were kind of in agreement on. Um, but as the party, the Democratic Party has changed, um, that's part of it. And um, the demographic of America has changed. Brown people are speaking up and saying, gee, you know, isn't it funny how um, pro-Trump people are so against brown immigrants coming into the country and taking what is, quote, rightfully the citizens of this country, who are mostly white, um, how that's a terrible thing. But the state of Israel has an entire program. The whole pro- if people that haven't followed the history of it, um, they want Jews to emigrate to Israel, Israel. And they have programs where they will pay you, if you're Jewish, of Jewish descent, they will pay your way and help you financially to move to Israel. When right. that happens, they run out of room. So that what they do is they evict Palestinians from the homes they've lived in for decades. Their families may, for 100 years, lived in the house. They, they evict them to make room for these Jewish immigrants. immigrants. So the right wing is extremely appalled by the, quote, Russia the border of brown people, but they support Israel who is rushing white people into the country and kicking brown people out. And the only way that you can straddle that moral dilemma is if it's about race. I don't know how people... How, do you, how um, can you justify that if it's not about brown people being kicked out and white people being taken in? I don't know how people justify it. I see a lot of people online that defend Israel, and I don't see any good arguments in it other than, you know, they bring up the Hamas argument. Um but I just, it, I, the best thing I saw about it was someone posted that comparing Hamas attacking Israel is like comparing a woman who punches her rapist. It's, it's the same thing. You know what I mean? Like, you're, you know what I mean? When you're, when you're invading Palestine, taking people's homes, like bombing places. And then plus, you know, we give all this money to them. There was this meme too. I wish I could, I should, well, if you give me our Twitter password finally, I feel like Mick's kicking me off of our Twitter because I keep getting everything banned. <laughs> I wanted to post this meme that, um, it's Rick from Pawn Stars. Mm-hmm. And the U.S. is like, hey, can you show me any proof that Hamas was actually in this building where children were housed? Can mm-hmm. you give me some actual evidence? And it's Rick from Pawn Stars at the table, and it's got, like, the IDF uh, thing over his face. And he's like, best I can do is Photoshop some pictures and highlight it in red. 
Like, that's all I can do for you. That's the proof we have. So, <laughs> yeah, no, all of that. All of that. I don't want to get too much into it because I feel it like... It is a whole separate It, it is an entire, mm-hmm. very, very intricate thing that we could talk about. But it's definitely going to cost votes on the left. Yeah. And, I mean, one of the things you'll hear typically, and I put this on our Twitter from the right wing, is that, you know, Israel's a home for the Jews. And of course, after what happened in World War II, everybody wanted them to have a place where they were safe, where they had refuge. But the idea of having a homeland, a state that was specifically for Jewish people has been around for a long time. And I believe like in the mid 1800s is when the Zionist movement kind of got its, you know, wheels. Um, but they always say, well, Israel is the biblical, you know, it's been handed to, to the, the Jewish people from God and it's ordained in the Bible. And they, they focus all on this whole, like holy, um, you know, scriptural, like that's just God said that belongs to. Okay, well, so first of all, if you're atheist, you're like, who the fuck cares? That does, I don't believe in God. But let's say you believe in God. But the Zionist movement itself had picked many different areas as possible homelands for the Jewish people. Galveston, Texas was one of them. There was one in Canada. There was one in Uganda. Um, if you go and you look, you know, just look in Wikipedia about the Zionist movement, there were all of these proposed, and there was arguments among the Jewish people who wanted a state for the Jews uh, where it should be. So, but once they decided it was going to be Israel, now all of a sudden it's the only place it could ever be. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, it doesn't justify you evicting people from their private pro- like again republicans are all about private property but we're just going to kick people out or kill them to get their land i mean i don't know it's it's just america colonizers we love it yeah so <laughs> it's kind of colonizing in reverse though because they're not going out and taking lands around the world what they're doing is kicking all the people out in the land and bringing other people in it's well like i mean that's what we did we came here we kicked all the indians out or just killed them well that's you true know, that's took true, their lands that's true i guess we it, love that shit in america yeah. so i'm not surprised at all but the, none of this surprises me because the israel palestine thing's been going on for so long mm-hmm. that it just mm-hmm. I, 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 just, I don't know it just doesn't shock me but it does make me um glad to see so many people getting involved with it and getting educated about it and calling the representatives mm-hmm. which i always recommend to people there are um you know legislation there is legislation being proposed for us to not be funding this and if you don't call your representatives and voice that, that you're in agreement of that po- you know posting on instagram only goes so far mm-hmm. you know you can share information with people but if you're not making the calls um or sending like i do there's websites you can get on they mm-hmm. do pre-written letters you right. just put your signature on mm-hmm. and something do something you know what i mean but anyway, before we, you know, ramble off on that topic too much, um, let's get into the main topic that you well, wanted to talk about today. Well, there was one other thing and about the cops killing people. So oh, okay, go ahead. The Louisiana State Police, um, if you've been watching the news at all, know about them murdering this man um, who they, they beat, they tased, they dragged him, and um, basically they just murdered this guy. Um, and without getting into the circumstances of why he fled from them and his autopsy and all that stuff. So I don't, I still haven't heard how this video came out. It was leaked. So the state police obviously are freaking out because they're issuing statements saying like, this was not legally obtained, blah, 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 blah whatever. Okay. It's a fucking whistleblower. Somebody took your video of your fucking crime and outed you. So they... At the time that this happened, they told the family of the victim that he died in a car crash. Because in the, in the high-speed chase he led them on, there was a crash. And the family was told that he died as a result of that crash, died on impact. And now this video emerges that shows after the crash, them dragging and beating and tasing him, putting him face down on the ground. Um, and he died. And so... The, the, the thing that I guess the thing that I guess is so shocking about it or not shocking which is shocking is that they covered this shit up so they did it and they knew it was murder well how do we know they knew it was murder because they fucking lied they covered it up yep. they covered it it's up. the same in any other trial that you'll look at where someone says oh well I did kill them but it was an accident and the police come back and say, well, if it was an accident, then why didn't you call 911? Exactly. It's the same situation. Exactly. And it's worse than even like 
fear of if it was an accident, thinking they did it on purpose. There was proof they did it on purpose. And there was, they, the fact, I mean, to me, a person in a position of authority who writes a report and lies on that report, that's, that's one of the most egregious acts that you can do because you're entrusted with so much power and the fact that you would abuse it like that, you know, so here's my thing. These guys should immediately be put on trial. This is the reason people are getting pissed off on the left. Because when something happens and the right wing doesn't like it, they charge in. Guns blazing. Shit's going to go down right now. When something happens like this, the left isn't saying, these. We want. where are these people's names? These people need to be arrested today. T- today. They should be put in custody today. If a video surfaced of me murdering somebody... You bet your ass the police would be arresting me and throwing my ass in jail the, that day. Have these people been fucking arrested? And I know the one guy's dead. He died in a car accident a year or so ago. The one officer. But the other people in the video were complicit in this murder. And not only that, who was the administration? Every person who saw that video and participated in this cover-up should get prison time and long prison time. There needs to be a message sent. This is not going to happen. Here's the other thing. And I put a tweet on the Department of Justice. And I hope somebody starts one of those. Maybe I'll start one of those uh, petitions. Body cameras need to be federally mandated. This shit needs to be on. Don't tell me you can't do this. Because I'm sure video gamers could tell you this. That shit needs to be live streamed to the Justice Department servers. It needs to be completely out of the hands of these local, corrupt, murderous assholes who think they're God, who think they're above the law. That, the fact that they have the power to cover this up needs to stop. I just, I, I, I'm it just It reminds blown me away. of uh, the case, one of the cases that we covered, I think the boy's name was Kendrick Johnson. Yes. Um, who was murdered at his high school. In Valdosta, Georgia. Yeah, and they rolled his body up on a mat. And basically, one of the kids who they think was involved had a parent that was in the FBI, I believe. Um, But suddenly, all the footage came up missing. The school had security cameras. That shit was all missing. Um, I think that's what drew suspicion on... I think that's what drew suspicion on the father of these two children. Because they later brought a lawsuit against Kendrick Johnson's parents and won. For for defamation? defamation. Because they couldn't prove that... Those two boys were involved in it. But anybody, if you have time, go look up the Kendrick Johnson case. Look at all the BS that happened and just ask yourself, something, something's wrong here. I mean, now. I don't know how a kid gets up and goes to school, ends up dead, no justice is served for it, and no one's held accountable for missing footage or, I mean, none of it. None of it. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, we need to start setting some pretty hard um it needs to be here. out of the hands of local people. Right. Like the federal charges against Chauvin now and these other officers, this needs to go above the department that, that committed it. I, I mean, and, and there seems are, like simple logic that if you commit a crime, you can't put yourself on trial. And but. I support good police officers. I worked with good police officers. But, you know, if you're not going to, they, they can't police themselves. No organization can police itself because when it does wrong, it's going to cover the shit up. Right. Just how it is. Okay, so I think that covers all of our news topics. And um, our subject for today we're going to talk about is gene editing. I hope we have enough time to cover it all now since <laughs> we went on forever. Okay, tell me how much time I got left. Mm, we got like 22 minutes. 22 minutes. Okay, so I'll make it quick. So I'm reading this book and it's called Code Breaker by Walter Isaacson. It's a good, really good book. So... Um, it's worth a listen to. I think it's about 20 hours long. Um, but I'm about three quarters of the way through it. And it's talking about the reason I got turned on to the book was because I wanted to do my own research on the vaccines um, to understand why people thought that it was changing your DNA and what, how it actually works and all this and that. So I started looking up some stuff about, you know, that. And, and anyways, it led me to this book. And it's completely fascinating. And, um, you know, gene, gene editing technology is like foreign policy. The news media thinks we're too stupid to understand it. So they report on major events that they have to report on. But that's a blip 
And then we don't hear anything more about it. Meanwhile, shit's still going on. <laughs> we'll hear about Israel-Palestine now, but as soon as it's not a major... And it'll still be going on, we just won't be hearing about right, it. Right, exactly. Just like Myanmar. Did, have you heard about Myanmar this Not week? a peep. No. It's still a disaster, but for some reason, there's other shit to talk about. So gene editing, um, you know, I remember when I was watching C-SPAN, and this was probably like 2000 and 2002, 2003, somewhere around there. And they had, they were covering this scientific conference where they were talking about the studies in aging. And they were talking about your DNA. And when your DNA is double helix and it splits apart and it creates two cells, how it, how it forms together to make a new cell. The, the DNA splits in half and it, and it makes itself whole again with these other chemicals, okay? And I, and I suck at science, so I'm just trying to explain this in the lay terms the way I understand it. So at the end of your DNA, once it unzips, remakes itself, there's these little things on the end called telomeres. And it's kind of like the little cap on the end of your shoestring. It keeps it from fraying. It's called an aglet. Oh, thank you. Okay, hey, anytime you want to jump in here, feel free. Because I, <laughs> I suck at, I love life science, but I'm, but technical shit, I forget a lot of it. So, Yeah, the little thing on the end of your shoelace is called an aglet. This is all I can contribute. Oh, the shoelace. Okay, yeah. I thought that was no, a science No, this, okay. is all, <laughs> this is thank all I you. can contribute to this I conversation. I never knew what that was called anyways. So anyways, every time your cell divides that telomere cannot reproduce itself entirely so it gets shorter so um then years later and, but they were talking about cancer cells do regenerate the entire length of the telomere which is why they can persist for generations they have cancer cells in a petri dish that were taken from a woman who had cancer back in 1950 and their cells are immortal wow they can reproduce forever because that telomere reproduces itself perfectly in its full entirety its full length but as we age our telomeres get shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter so they were studying this well um then the cloning of dolly the sheep was the next major news blip that i remember mm -hmm. so they cloned this sheep took dna and copied it into another being that was the exact same it's like a twin but it was born like 10 years later so as soon as i heard about dolly i was like well, if they took the DNA from a sheep that was an adult sheep, even though it's born as a baby, its DNA is already old, right? That would make sense. That is, in fact, the case. Okay, that makes sense. So, I've always been so fascinated by this idea. Now, aging involves a lot of other things. It's not like we figured out how to replace our telomeres and our skin cells and heart cells and whatever. We would live in we would be immortal, because aging involves lots of different biological processes but anyway so um they started to look at the they started to map the human genome and they found basically once they had mapped it they're like okay we know where all these things are on the human genome and then they started to investigate ways to edit it to cut out sections of your dna so for example if you were born with a particular genetic abnormality and they knew it, it was located at this exact place on your DNA. If they could take it out. And could splice it out, yeah. Splice it out. Then reproduce that healthy cell in abundance in your body. They could treat you, maybe cure you of a disease. So that was, that, that was an area of research. But then... A couple of years ago, if you remember, there was a Chinese scientist who took these twin baby girls and he did what's called germline editing. And the difference between what we were talking about before, where they treat an, a patient who has a particular genetic abnormality, to germline editing, is if I try to heal you of a genetic problem, I'm only changing you. And if you go on to have children, I haven't changed the, the DNA your children are going to inherit. Right. Okay. If I do germline editing, change it in the embryo before you're born, every cell in your body has that different DNA. So when you grow up and have children, your children will only inherit those traits that I haven't, that I've, whether I've changed them or not changed them, whatever I changed your DNA to in utero. In they now have it. Yes. That makes sense. Okay. So here's the problem with germline editing, the reason that it was such a controversy when the scientists in China did it is because 
let's say that we start curing one of the diseases they talked about was like uh, Hutchinson's disease, which is a really horrible disease. And if you find out you're dying from it, you're usually middle-aged and your children got about a 50-50 chance of also finding out they have it. So it's extremely, it's just a a horrible disease. Now, if a parent finds out they have it, like say I have it and steal it from me, whatever, then you find out you have that gene for that. You haven't had kids yet. Okay, so you you and your spouse get together, you have an egg. Now, if they take that Hutchinson gene out of your baby, not only will your baby never have it, they can never pass it on to another generation. Therefore, if we find all the lineages of people who have Hutchinson's and remove that could eradicate gene, it. you could eradicate it. Okay, Sounds- so what's the controversy with that? The controversy with it is, I mean, besides, I'm assuming the you're playing God aspect. Okay. Yes. Very, very good. So the book talks about that. So we're playing God. So then the book goes into talking about, okay, well, what if, you know, we decide this particular gene controls skin color? Hmm. Okay. What if we find out this particular gene can turn controls sexuality or you know as far as homosexuality they say there's not a specific gene been identified to be linked to that one of the things I was thought was funny was they kept talking about asking parents like what would you change about your children if you could do these what they call designer babies (laughs) oh I'd probably give my kids six more inches of height and I'm like was when did short people become an abomination to humanity? That's but honestly, like and then I was kinda like, where's this gonna end? So everybody wants an extra six inches. Pretty soon the whole human race is six inches taller, but I'm still short six inches shorter than ten inches shorter than the average woman, right? So it's they say that's the standing on tiptoes thing. Like if you're in a crowd and you stand on your toes, well the person behind you stands on your toes, the person in front of you stands on your toes. If you're shorter than the person in front of you, guess what? Now they're still standing on their toes. So that's one of those things that across the board, it's it's not going to help anybody. Okay, no one's going to have an advantage. What about IQ? And we've heard this conversation as far as like Down syndrome because now they can screen before a child's born and say they could maybe remove that gene, fix that. Or another option to the germline editing is let's say you have three embryos. Let's say you have a genetic problem in your family. You produce three eggs, your husband inseminates his three eggs. They can do genetic screening on them. And pick the best one. Pick the best one, right. and the other two are not, do not become children. So, in a sense, they haven't really done gene line editing. It's more like survival of the fittest, only we're not killing our young, we're just deciding not to implant them. But the germline editing problem is, let's say, 100 years down the road. Now, certain people have decided... These traits are fashionable. These traits are not fashionable. People with money can have these traits changed. People without money can't have their traits changed. Designer baby, yeah, okay. So there's an economic Getting on the uh, eugenics scale now. <laughs> exactly. It's a frightening thing. And then one of the most horrifying things that I heard in the book so far was, so let's say that we can improve our kids for intelligence. Why wouldn't we want to do that? Why wouldn't we make all kids more intelligent, right? Because now it's a commodity. Now it's a commodity. Absolutely. Okay. So wealthy people naturally get to be smarter because they get more money? Well, I mean, they get advantages in every other sense. So why shouldn't the 1% also now have genetic superiority over the rest of us? So what would they start to call us then? Would we be a lower species than them? I feel like they already look at us. Like we're a different species. Than I that. would agree with you on that. That's the scary part is I feel like people like Jeff Bezos and Zuckerberg and Musk. I feel like those people already think in that way. They mm-hmm. already think that they are almost a different species than poor folk are. Right. But in a sense, though, even though we are offended by that idea, you and I have the capacity by our natural birth selection, maybe given our lineages maybe not so lucky or chance whatever 
But um, we could be smarter than Jeff Bezos. We could be taller. We could be more attractive. We, could, we have the opportunity through the natural lottery of our genes to be a physically, intellectually superior individual than a Jeff Bezos. Right. So perhaps he's had opportunities and he's had money and he's had this and this and that. But we still have an opportunity to surpass him in our quality as a human being. But what if he can even take that away from us? What if he can just buy himself into being a physically, intellectually superior individual and the rest of us do become almost like a lower species? And as far as that goes, what happens if, say, you have children and then five years down the road, you know, your sibling who's younger has children? Well, gene editing has improved in five years. So are children going to become, and this was in the book. Like the latest model? The latest model of the iPhone. Right, yeah. I mean, that's a scary thought. I mean, are your kids going to grow up thinking that they're the old model that nobody wants? That's a horrifying, horrifying idea of humanity. Well, and that's kind of the whole problem was with all these issues is that you can't stop science. You can't stop scientific advancement. And even in America, if we were like, oh, we're going to outlaw this, they'll, they'll do it somewhere else. Exactly. So you can't change that. And I, I don't know how to tackle this problem, and it affects every, every crevice of our society, is that it's how people are looking at each other mm-hmm. that, that is the poison. And we already have a culture in America where we will pit against each other, mm-hmm. thinking, well, you know what I mean? How people do in politics, they look at people on food stamps and they blame them, you know, mm-hmm. that they can't survive as a, in a middle-class family. And it's like, well, why are you blaming the guy below you? And you're not even looking at them as a human that just wants to feed their family. You're looking at them as a challenge, and now you're, you know what I mean? It's become so, we don't even look at each other like human beings I anymore. Know. We don't. I know. It is about what you have and what you do, and what are you providing? Mm-hmm. Did you have to work as hard, of this, as hard for this as I did? I mean, it's kind of, that's the whole argument with student loans, too, is that people say, well, I don't want their student loans to be forgiven because I've paid mine. And it's like, wow, what a fucked up mentality is that, that I had it hard, so now you have to have it hard too? I know. It's like someone saying, well, well, I don't want cars to be invented because I had to ride a horse. Right. I don't want cancer to be cured because people I love die of cancer. I mean, you could could apply it to anything, but it doesn't matter how many times you logically explain that to people, they still have those emotions because they are dealing with some kind of thing that they feel is unfair. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's everywhere. I don't know that this is just an American problem. I believe this is a global problem. Right. But- and that's Definitely exactly here. why I wanted to talk about it on the show because about halfway through the book, I started to see like this is a 1% versus 99% problem, which almost everything is when you get to the nuts and bolts of it, right? But we always try to talk about things on this show from the perspective of the 1% versus the 99%. And I was reading this book purely for the scientific fascination of the topic. And then I was like, oh my God. Okay. And then here's another thing I wondered, and I don't have the answer to it yet. So... Human beings can mate with any other human being on the planet, right? So my mom is one of those rare people who has RH negative blood. If you don't know what that is, you can look it up. But, you know, when they say you're A positive, B positive, AB, whatever. So my mom, I think, is A negative, but she's negative. So what happens in a woman's body? She gets pregnant with a baby. And now if her husband is opposite of her in blood type, The baby could be opposite the mom. Now, the first time you have a baby that's opposite you, okay, your body, but what happens is your body becomes sensitized to the protein that's on on the outside of of the blood cell. So my brother was positive, right? So my mom's body was like, oh, oh. Like it doesn't actually intermingle with the mom's blood until the baby's born. And then there's this intermingling and the mom's body's like, oh, that's, that's a foreign, that's foreign, foreign. So now when she got pregnant with me, if she wouldn't have got this Rogam shot, okay, then her body would have attacked me as a foreign entity, like a transplant patient's body attacks the transplant because it didn't recognize the protein of my blood. So they give her that Rogam shot. So basically I, I survived. I don't know if all babies die, if their second baby's opposite the mom, but, um, you know, so if we go down through 50 years of genetic manipulation, say at the germline level, how do we know? Because they, they, also, they also have found out from those Chinese, two Chinese twins, 
that there's also, um, I forget what they call it, but it's like collateral changes that happen in the DNA. So they go in to change the Hutchinson's gene, right? But when they examine the gene afterwards, there's been these other nearby genes that have been somehow... Butterfly effect. Yeah, tweaked. Something happened with them that was not intended. So let's say we do these great things, eliminate these diseases. Could there ever become a point in time where two human beings could not be compatible to breed? Because of gene editing. Because of gene editing? I don't know. That's a good question. That's crazy. You know, we always talk about race and we say, we have different colors of skin. We have different features. But we're all the same. We're all human beings. We're all the same. Same genetic makeup, basically. Yes. But if we tinker with that, could we end up being like divided in that? Like, that's the last thing we need to do. So like you were saying, Duke, is that they're trying to make this moratorium on the germ editing. They don't want to do that yet because they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. We need to slow this shit down because right. we don't even know what we're Science doing. will outpace people's ability to comprehend it and to, to live with it in society. But what you said was right, that if we outlaw it, just like guns, if you outlaw guns, only, only outlaws will have guns. If you try to outlaw gene editing, some crazy mad scientist some country that supports it is saying develop me a super soldier oh absolutely. you know that shit's going on right now absolutely yeah you know for a fact that shit's going on right now so and not only for good reasons you know there's somebody weaponizing this shit always is so i mean it's just a whole frightening realm of science that i kind of from time to time have stumbled upon but i'm like we as the 99 percent need to be aware that this is all continuing to go on outside of the scope of like what we see on the news and what's in our daily lives. Like this stuff is going on in labs. The people that worked on the coronavirus vaccine, by the way, the one lady who was at the forefront of it, um, her name is Doudna. She, uh, Jennifer Doudna. She was the one who, who discovered and really learned how to, to edit the genes with this CRISPR-Cas9 is what they call the enzyme that cuts out the defective and and recreates a good she was at the head of that so by the time coronavirus happened they were like oh oh we could we could use it you know i mean they were already like experimenting with it by the time right which kind of explains why so many people that are freaking out they're like oh this vaccine you know covid's only been around a year or two and they've already got a vaccine out for it but vaccine technology once applied in one area of science is not hard to tweak and apply to another area Mm -hmm. i mean covid while it was vastly different from you know things that we've seen before it's not like it was unheard of you know right i mean covid 19 covid 19 covid is not the only strain you know what i mean that's why they're, they're numbered it's not the only covid we've ever seen like mm-hmm. yeah i, I think well, the people, reason that- people in the general public immediately are like well it's new they can't have a vaccine for it already and it's like that's not how science works <laughs> well right but also i do think people were accurate in their confusion over the fact that every other vaccine in the past as far as i know of was like giving you a little, either a dead ver- version of mm-hmm. the virus or giving you some mild, like tiny bit to expose your, to get your antibodies to react to it, right? To build up antibodies to that thing. But this uses the RNA, right? you know? So it is a different technology, but it's technology that's been being experimented on for decades. Right. They didn't just start it when COVID hit. Right. Which I think some people are confused about but i i don't blame people for being skeptical about vaccines um i just think that if you're skeptical about it you know do, do further research, research on that's it. what i was doing don't you know just immediately believe that it's going to turn you into a lizard person or put a <laughs> microchip in you from bill gates for some reason uh it might be even something more nefarious than that like gene editing could turn into some like the holy grail of human survival against viruses or it could be like we destroy ourselves. It's like a nuclear weapon. Like you said, you can outlaw nuclear weapons, but some crazy person's going to still be de- developing them in some evil place in the world. Evil so, layer. <laughs> the evil layer. So um, anyways, I just found this fascinating and I wanted us to talk about it because I think we should start to pay more attention to it because the media does not pay attention to it. Well, it's, it's hard to break down. And I think um, like you and I coming from a background that we don't have um higher education in science fields it's all intimidating mm. and you just feel like you don't understand a lot of it um i think if you seek it out around here to be fair you probably could 
I mean, there's, there's nursing programs, there's doctor programs, you know, around here. I'm just not particularly, biology and life sciences have always fascinated me since the 10th grade when my, I remember specifically the moment of being in biology class and everybody who's out there is going to hear this and be like, dude, we learned that in like third grade because school gets harder every generation. (laughs) Right. Yeah. But when I was in 10th grade, which was 1987, um, the t- science teacher was talking about how uh, basically he was telling us about evolution, which, you know, you kind of hear about evolution when you're in grade school and junior high. But then like he's a, he was explaining how trees in the rainforest, because they're under the canopy of the, the they don't get enough sun. So they evolved to have broader leaves to catch more of the sun. And I was like, <laughs> what? And then I just started reading about every organism and how it's evolved to its environment and it was fucking like my brain just until the golden ratio i think that was like the next time my mind was completely fucking blown away but yeah and i just i don't know like life science i can get into but chemistry oh yeah i'm awful at chemistry like i barely scraped through by the girl that was with me in chemistry class who who (laughs) helped me limp through I love her to this day. She works down at Lowe's, and every time I see her, I just want to be like, thank you for getting me through chemistry. Oh, great. I'm glad to know that someone who's so excellent at chemistry is working at Lowe's. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know that that was her major. She just was good at chemistry and math and shit. And, like, don't think if you're an old, older person like me going back to college with people 20 years younger than you, because I was like, well, I had chemistry in high school, you know? I mean, I, 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 think, I, could, I think I could start at the lowest basic college chemistry level and, and pretty much refresh. No. No, you can't. Mm-hmm. Get a tutor. You're going to suck. It's completely different than high school. You're going to die. <laughs> I was like the first day in chemistry class going, oh, fucking, I should have What was I thinking? <laughs> and my chemistry teacher was so nice. But, dude, I was just like struggling. I was, he was so nice. He helped me out on my breaks and stuff. I'd go in there and be like, please help me. That's why I think Drew and I were a good period to make it through uh I think that's why Drew and I were a good pair to make it through college because I was uh, always really good at arts and reading and writing and all of that side of things. Um, And she's really good at math and sciences. So she'd be like, man, I have to write a nine page paper on like this philosophy. And I'm like, oh, no problem. Mm -hmm. Like all day long. Or she had to pick a current event and write about it. It was something political. No problem. Come write about that all day long. But um, (laughs) yeah, no, you you try to give it to do chemistry. I'm lost. I'm done. There's I can't I can't do it. But we made it. Okay, so I think it's that like whole left brain, right brain thing, right? Like, so left brain people navigate. That means right-handed people navigate more through road signs and and maps. So they're very, you know, they're technically how they navigate. And like right brain people like me, left-handed people, and like probably like you, even though you're right-handed. Navigate through familiar landmarks. Yeah, that's I, I always use familiar. I'm, there's no way. It's funny that when you like live in a small town, too, that you can tell people like, oh, you know, that one big house by you know Johnson's <laughs> house. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Right, right. Although you tell me roads, even highways. People make fun of me because they're like, oh, I-70 West. And I'm like, I don't know which way that is. I don't pay attention to these fucking right. signs. Is that towards Wheeling or away from Wheeling? Right. Like, I don't yeah. fucking know. I don't yeah. keep track of that. I'm a terrible navigator. I get lost everywhere. Even even at video games, I'm bad at it. My friend mm-hmm. and I have been playing this game um, where you, you have to use a map and a compass. Mm-hmm. I'm fucking done. Mm-hmm. I don't know where I'm at. It's awful. See, and I love maps, but when I, the thing is, it's a comfort thing. It's more comfortable for, if I'm consciously thinking about it, I can do it the other way, but comfort wise i'm just you know go by what familiar landmarks so the other day i'm taking my grandbaby home and i passed the lane to her house and she's five but she's always had this extremely keen sense of navigation just like her dad yeah which they she clearly did not get that from yes. from me and you yeah she's she got to get it from her dad. that that's a must be a goddard thing because yeah. she didn't get it from me and you didn't get it from me <laughs> so anyway so she's like grandma grandma why'd you drive past by past mommy's house i was like no, I didn't. She goes, yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. What, what are you going to do? Turn. And I said, okay, calm down. I just got to turn around. So I turned around, but I'm like, she's obviously confused. I'm just going to show her she's confused, which I should have known because she of was how right. excellent. I should have known she was right. Trust your instincts. So I turn around. We're driving back. Passed it again. And she goes, 
grandma, grandma, you pass it again. I was like, no, I, th- I think you're confused. I think you're confused. No, no, no. So I was like, all right, calm down. So I turned around again and I go, but where's the big red building? Because right before you turned, there was a big red building there. And I go, where's the big red building? She goes, they tore it down. <laughs> and I go, well, you should, you're supposed to tell me these things. And then she got kind of upset and she's like, I'm sorry. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm just joking. Like, I'm joking, I'm joking. But, but that's how grandma finds things is by like, like things I'm used to. And, and she's like, that. wow, what an idiot you are. <laughs> what grandma, she's, you don't have an internal sense of, of navigation. Oh, she's your, dad. And- <laughs> she's your dad for sure. So yeah. She said the other day too, we, uh, she and I shared a graduation party cause she, you know, graduated uh, pre-K and I just got my associates and um, her dad was telling her to, be careful because the food she was about to eat was hot and she said you know dad sometimes you tell me that things are hot and I don't listen to you and I eat them anyway and they're really they're absolutely fine that's literally (laughs) what she said they are absolutely Absolutely fine fine. and I was like wow this fucking kid oh my god (laughs) she's great yeah but I thought the navigation story was really funny and we were talking about left brain right brain so yeah yeah, yeah. I thought that would be a good addition. <laughs> Don't do it in New Mexico because literally like the McDonald's and the bank are made of Adobe. So you will not oh, be able yeah. to go, oh, turn left to McDonald's because you won't even know it's a McDonald's. Like, well, you might have the big M up there. That was tough mm-hmm. while I was down there. Mm-hmm. I, you, no way. I could never navigate down there. Thank God for GPS to tell me yeah. where to go because I'm a helpless And there's idiot. this game. If you really want to have some fun, you like maps. It's called GeoGuessr. I love it. But it like plops you down somewhere in the world at Street View. And you got to guess where you are. Oh my god! In the world, and I'm so good at that game. Like we, like it's it's amazing because all the like the architecture, the types of plants they're around. It's like a detective game. You got to figure out where you're at. And sometimes I'm like clear on the other side of the world. It's hilarious, but it's a fun game. You should try GeoGuessr. Yeah, I'll have to look that up. That does sound fun. Maybe we'll sponsor us. (laughs) (laughs) Probably not. We say fuck too much. No one's ever going to sponsor us. That's what anchors always like. Oh, do you want to turn on your? I'm like, no. No one wants. No one wants to advertise on this podcast. We're fucking awful. Um, but anyway, that's all I had for this week. Well, I'm glad you guys stuck with us to the end. We're going to start dividing our episodes up. We decided. Yeah, we're going to do our weekly news update and then we're going to go into our main, main topic because yeah. we do like to cover things that are going on right now, especially since the show is pretty political at times. Um, but then we have topics like this, like the, you know, the gene editing and all that mm-hmm. that's completely unrelated. Maybe you're just here for that. And you don't want to hear about the politics. Or vice so. versa. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, we are going to start trying to separate those, um, especially because while it's warm in West Virginia, we have to suck up every ounce of sunlight we can get while we can and have to before we have to hibernate. Um, we're probably only going to be doing the show every other week. So we're going to start doing that. Try to get a little bit of structure in this fucking mess yeah <laughs> and since i had to get a real job yeah this week. <laughs> good freeloader <laughs> <laughs> all right guys well that's all i have so this is juke signing off and this is mick signing off